FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 483 of the podcast. I guess Nicked. Snicked. I'm your host, Jason, and lately we've been joined by Excalibros Plus One. Today we're Excalibros Minus One. Uh, I have the lovely, very talented Georgie, but uh, Dan is a little under the weather, so he and Ian will be taking a, a rain check on this episode. But hey, Georgie, how's it going? Yeah, unfortunately, they they are less lovely than me, so they're not allowed <laughs> on this episode. Unfortunately, sorry right. guys. Yeah. <laughs> there is a loveliness factor we have to take into account. Um, <laughs> from uh, Pepe Larraz down um, <laughs> from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, who, I don't know who's down. lovelier. Is it Russell Donnerman or Pepe Larraz? I'm not sure. Okay. They're the, they're at the top of the heap for sure. It's hard to. Uh, <laughs> man, it's like. <laughs> my wife or my girlfriend it's a hard decision <laughs> right. well i guess we know what the financial commitment is <laughs> sometimes though i guess sometimes that if you're uber wealthy maybe you can financially commit to both i don't know <laughs> i don't i'm i don't I qualify for either situation that, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> non-applicable for sure or yeah. applicable. however you say that word when you're not in texas <laughs> How in the rest of the world <laughs> pronounces things? <laughs> awesome. Well, we're going to do a catch-up on some X-Books, which is always fun. And, you know, I've been um, been doing the weekly kind of shorter episodes on the Wolverine event. But, you know, it's funny because I was under the impression, and I've mentioned this on previous episodes, so if you guys want to tune me out for a second, you can. But, um, okay. I really, well, not you. <laughs> you have to listen. You have to stay engaged. Um, <laughs> no, I was kind of under the impression that the ten lives and ten deaths were kind of were going to be like most of the X output for several weeks. But I mean, things are just kind of rolling right along. So we have, I mean, a solid four or five books to talk about today. Um, and so yeah, pretty, still plenty going on on the X books. Mm-hmm. There, there is. Um, and Dan did send a few notes, so I will have some, okay, okay. some of the Good. stuff um, as we get through it. But um, anything we need to talk about before we get to the books? Mm. That's been a whole lot of the news, I don't think. You know, uh, not really comic book related. There is uh, uh, rumors that the Illuminati will be in the next uh, Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you saw the trailer, but there's a voice of Patrick Stewart in there, so we could have hints of X-Men coming to the movies. Yeah, but, that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't want that universe to come back, but, like, there being <laughs> a, an alternate Professor X who lives outside of time. That, right. Right. That, that's interesting. It is. It is. You know, I'm uh, I'm in favor of taking a break in the movie-verse and giving us Laura as a Wolverine for the oh, first sure. iteration yeah. would be pretty awesome. I mean, A, we've had, I mean, all the X-Men, the Fox movies are pretty Wolverine-centric anyway. Yes, they um, are. And B, I mean, Hugh Jackman was awesome in that role. Whether the movies are always awesome or not, he was fantastic. And instead of recasting that role right away, which just give us a different flavor. Yes, I, I'm, I'm totally on board for that. You can even hint at there's an, this other Wolverine who's uncooperative, so we're working with. Sure. Know, 
you don't have to say like he doesn't exist because that would right. just upset people like <laughs> so much. Yes. <laughs> but speaking of Laura as Wolverine, I think that's <clears throat> where we're going to start. Um, uh, all right. I'm going to jump into X-Men number seven. So this is this is how it happens. This is how yeah. it happens. No, that's not how the song goes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Secret Origin of Captain Krakoa. Written by Jerry Dugan, art by Pepe Larraz, colors by Marty Gracia, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, designed by Tom Mueller, and the cover by Larraz and Gracia. Um, I love this cover. What do you think about the cover? I mean, it's hard to be upset at what these people create. Right. Uh, it just feels a little standard. That's all like okay. heroes flying at the screen. But otherwise, I mean, it looks good. I, yeah, I think obviously, you know, Larraz is at at least for now, the peak of his craft, he may still get better. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, he's he's definitely in his A game for sure. And so mm-hmm. the figure work is pretty awesome. I think one of the things I like about it is everyone's kind of doing their classic Superman slash either Superman or, like, arms raised in a V, like, flying stance uh, coming out of this, like, greenish X. And then you have Laura Wolverine kind of yeah. in the background just Almost like she's being flung, like out of control. Like everyone else is very poised and in control mm-hmm. and using their powers of flight. And she's just like, Whoa! <laughs> I really enjoy that kind of subtle detail. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Um, <laughs> actually, my favorite part of the cover. But, um, all right. So, in this issue, we, we've met Dr. Stasis, but we get more Dr. Stasis and his mutated animal men hybrids. Um, and his objective is to go get Cyclops. And then, so we go forward past the battle to Cyclops's most recent resurrection. And Emma is there to welcome him back to life. There's some nice kind of intimacy in the scenes there. I really like her handing him his visor. Um, and then, you know, we kind of realize that this is before the whole issue six. So uh-huh. this is all kind of taking place leading up to the reason we have Captain Krakoa is because these these animal men not only killed Scott, but they did it very, very publicly. And so not only do we have like the concern of like Ben Yurik or some of the X-Men enemies learning about resurrection, but if Cyclops comes back right away, like pretty much the whole world knows about uh-huh. resurrection. And that's that's problematic. Krakow is not ready to reveal that yet. And we'll get some maybe counter arguments in that as, as we go through the book. But um, anyway, we have great, lovely looking scenes of these weird looking animal people fighting a subway station, all in an effort to call the X Men out. And they arrive in a beautiful scene of Sunfire, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Sink jumping down out of the ship in some vines. It's uh, it's really really quite great looking. And um. You know, they land and Cyclops says, I'm going to swing the big stick. And we get an, an awesome two-page spread that raises some questions to how the optic blast is or is it supposed to work. But nonetheless, it's a fantastic page. Um, and so we get a huge Zark as his optic blast shoots an animal and bounces off, ricochets through a traffic light and then through the various lights out of that, blasting different people, bouncing all over the place. Um, like I said, I guess 
different interpretations of the optic blast have different. I don't know. In, I kind of treat it like Captain America's shield. Like it doesn't, it can't sure. really do what he makes it do, but it just looks so good on the page. You don't right. really question. Right. It. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go with that. Cause it's an awesome page. So, um, that happens. And then, um, Cyclops punches a giant bat and then he and sync team up and optic blast some more. We get an awesome snick to don't make me stick you with a baboon type character. And then a lovely page, a Wolverine squaring off against this monster um and the monster runs off and gets scared she intimidates it and dr stasis calls out his tiger white tiger gorilla man and sunfire accidentally causes a big explosion our x-men are trying to help put the fire out uh the tiger gorilla guy grabs a baby cyclops gets in the way he saves the baby but is gutted or slashed across the chest and in the back and his throat or whatever for his trouble. And he could maybe recover, but Dr. Stasis disguised as the ENT guy, or sorry, EMT, not ENT, not ear, nose, and throat, emergency medical. <laughs> um, though it has to do with ear, nose, and throat because he slashes Cyclops across the throat. Right, with a could use one. Yeah. Um, and then whispers something to him and then leaves and Wolverine shows up and mourns the death of Cyclops. And then we find out that the Captain Krakoa suit is like a basically a power suit, kind of akin to like the Alpha Flight suits of like Vindicator or Guardian. Um, sure, but sure. Krakoan in design <laughs> and Dr. Stasis um, has his his information that he wants. I who's the name of the um the designer? Tom Mueller? No, 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 no. In in, in oh, Jumbo Carnation. Yeah, I totally agree with him where he's talking about the costume. He goes, "I wish it was a little more form and a little less function because I don't really <laughs> appreciate the design of Captain Krakoa." Uh, and I, I'm glad that someone in in story is also addressing that it doesn't look so great. <laughs> That's funny. Who? Who did the? Do we know who designed like the actual like mm. ex office design? Not sure. Yeah, I don't remember if that was Laraz or somebody else. But um, yeah. So, what do you think of this one? I mean, it feels like a lot of the other X Men books. Like it looks gorgeous. The artwork is unbelievable. But it's really just shoot explosion stabby book. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's hard to complain about the craft that's in there, but it's also when you piece it in with every other issue we've had, it just feels like X Men off to blow up some more stuff. Let's keep uh, the people who complain about ideas happy by just giving them explosions, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but if you take that out of it, I mean, it looks great. Uh, there's some, there are some wonderful moments, like with Scott waking up with Emma. Um, some great moments of of Wolverine being amazing. I, I love you didn't mention it, but I love the the, the panel where Cyclops and Sync like hold hands and then just yes. blast everybody. Yeah, that's all. It like, looks uh, awesome. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm saying it. It's not like it's a fault of this issue to have some great action. I just wish this book had more than just great action. Yeah, you know, I think and that, that's kind of been a little bit of a struggle of mine when when thinking about like 
you know, we'll read Dan's comments before we give our grades, but um, it's kind of taking it as one issue, but also taking it in context of the whole volume, right? Uh-huh. If uh-huh. I mean, by itself, it's, there's nothing wrong with them being com- kind of a shallow action issue, but when you tack it on to like six issues of that in a row, and it does kind of start to impact how you feel about the book a little bit, I think. Yep. Um, yep. So. That said, I'm, I'm, I'll probably be on the high end anyway, but let's see what Dan had to say. He said, um, nice cover, a fun little story that gets up to speed, real breezy, nice to see Cyclops cut loose, but Dugan thinks his plot is more clever than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, top-notch, beautiful art, too many high points to even name, and the character reaction shots are lovely, and he went a strong four out of six claws. Yeah, I'm probably with them. It is a strong four. I mean, what they're doing in this single issue is really good stuff. It's just, as we mentioned, it's, it's starting to wear on you. Sure. Um, I think there's enough for me visually. And, you know, I don't know how awards and Eisners or other things are figured out, but Laraz and Grassi, they're a super team among yep. super teams. Yep. Um, yep. And it's still selling me enough. I'm going to give this issue a, a light five out of six, but I think we're all in the same general right. ballpark. All right, cool. Well, any other comments on that one before we move to the new Marauders team? I'm not certain it was necessary to have this after uh, the previous issue. I mean, we could have just had the story <laughs> in order. Died and then, yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like it was necessary to do that. But it's, right. it's not like it was a bad you know, a, a bad decision either. It just felt like it didn't really matter. That's all. Right, right. No, I totally agree. And it, it wasn't like there was an extra plot reveal necessarily, and it wasn't like uh-huh. like months later, like, oh, let's go back and retell the story. Like, for them to be back-to-back and just barely out yeah. of order without yes. a real plot reason seems odd. <laughs> there, was, there was that leak on Marvel Unlimited where the, like, issues uh-huh. were coming out when they were, weren't supposed to, and I both these came out and I read them and I'm like, did they just misnumber them? I'm not really certain if they just put the wrong covers on the wrong, you know, I wasn't certain. That's funny. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, um, listen, dear listeners, I made a great miscalculation. I thought that both Georgie and Dan weeks, a couple weeks ago had sent high praises on this next book. And I'm not sure that I was accurate on either account. Or where I invented that from. I really, I went back and went through our our, uh, DMs. I was like, I swear one of them said something and I can't find it. So I must have dreamt it. But we're going to talk about Marauders number annual one anyway. It's the Mandela effect, Jason. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But Marauders annual number one, writer Steve Orlando, artist uh, Creasley, colorist Rain Barreto, letters VCs Corey Pettit. Mm hmm. Uh, designed by Tom Muller, with the cover by Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson. There's also some variants. Um, did you have the regular cover or variants? I did, though I'm looking now. I'm, I'll probably look up the, at least the David and Baldy on one. Mm. Well, the, the main cover, we've got Akihiro, uh, Dokken, and Psylocke, and, uh, and uh, Kate uh, all attacking generic devil uh, man with some fire behind them. Um I'll say that uh, this probably looks better than the rest of the book, but um, 
you know, it's kind of just more generic uh, fighting pose with with something behind them. I, it, it wasn't like I mean, Darderman's fine here. I'm not saying it's bad, but it just feels a little generic. Yeah, yeah. I think the cover is. I think the cover is pretty good, like across the board, and mm-hmm. in context of Russell Darderman is okay. <laughs> sure. And I, mean, I, I wouldn't care for the design of the the bad guy. Oh, I mean, that's the whole other thing. Yeah. All right, so we start off, and Dokken is investigating uh, where some mutant bones have been buried, and he's wearing a Lucha Libra mask. Uh, I made that's a Dark issue. Wolverine mask from, like, the Dark Avengers. I actually really enjoyed the callback, but, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, it just felt like suddenly he's... Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I, why? It, it, and then he's got, like... You look like an iron fist, it was like, Yeah, I felt like I missed an issue. I was like, really? Did I? Anyway, he, he's like, oh, I found something. And then uh, he realized it was a booby trap and he's been melted, but he's still alive. And some evil voice is like, will you use him? Um, meanwhile, the artwork is not great. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that this is not the artist who's going to be on the main book. I don't remember. I don't a lot of times it is, but I forget okay. as well. Good, because annuals are a lot of times are like a proving ground for, for a new artist, but uh, that's what I'm hoping this is. Meanwhile, Kate and Bishop are like, well, uh, we're changing our mission, so we're changing our sea craft, and they pour one out for their ship, which has basically been demolished, and they decide it's time to create a new team. Uh, Kate goes to get uh, Psylocke, uh, Bishop goes to get Tempo, uh, they both... Uh, after Kate gets Psylocke, they go to get Dokken, and they realize that he's been um, taken. Uh, I did appreciate that they were like, Dokken found some some peace and happiness where he was. So I, there's a few you know nice little character moments in here. Yeah. Um, there's there's another mutant they, they get. She, I don't know who this is. Uh, she has light powers that are, I don't even know what she does. She just touches people, and then they start glowing out of their eyes and it's can't a, do stuff. It's Aurora, isn't it? Is that Aurora? I mean, we, well, I don't know. Maybe not. This, you know, I just I assume that because she has some light powers. Oh, no, that's Aurora. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It and because she's like, a former lover, but she also was kind of Asian in some of the art, so I'm not sure. Right. Exactly. So the, <laughs> I was like, who is this? So yeah, I looked back. It, it probably is supposed to be Aurora. Fine. It just did not It didn't. It, they never say her name, and they did draw her <laughs> kind of Asian. So I was like, I don't know who this is. Right. Um the context uh, clue is they find her in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this whole issue does not endear me to what is going to happen for the rest of this book because <laughs> this is not a good issue. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll say that right off the bat. Um, on the other side of the world, Iceman and um, uh, Emma Frost's uh, younger brother are having a dance on top of in 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 like uh club dream but the floor is made up dream but well, we don't know that you know uh no, they're at a club and uh but uh his father makes up the, the the dance floor and then he steps on them and you realize oh there's uh, another mutant he's controlling them named somnus who i don't know somnus at all um I he don't was have any introduced in the marvel voices uh the lgbt you plus book okay i hadn't uh i haven't read that one yet um so apparently he can induce dreams and, and spend time in dreams with other people 
so he's helping uh, Iceman and boyfriend to uh, have a have a nice fantasy. And uh, Kate's like, "We need your help." And he's like, "All right, whatever." Um, then we find out what happened to Doc, and he has been taken. He's sort of ex-crucified uh, in, in a way in the center of a town hall, where a guy who's supposed to look like the devil in a very generic generic head plus like weird metal uh sinewy body it, it's the most like if you said hey uh draw a villain from an image comics in the 1990s like yes. this is what you would see specifically wild storm <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly <laughs> it's like and a demonite like, or demonite or whatever those guys were nine-year-old me would be like wow this is so cool uh but uh someone with taste is like this is ridiculous uh, <laughs> Uh, so his power is to like I don't know, fire, sort of control the earth. Plus he can like make people fear and control them. It's it's kind of like Deus ex machina powers, just mm-hmm. to make a whole town turn against Dokken. And he he spouts out some like his theories and his 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 feelings about mutants and humans. But it's not really convincing enough for for, for anyone reading the book to buy. Like it's poorly written and and the thoughts are poorly constructed. So I'm not like. You know, a good villain like Black Panther, the movie, you're like, I kind of agree with him. He's got a point. This guy, I'm like, I don't really agree with you because you didn't construct your points in in a clear way. It just sounds like gobbledygook. So um, uh, minus points for that. Uh, meanwhile, the team finds out what happened to Dokken and they go to save him. And uh, there's a big battle because everyone in the town is being manipulated to fight the Marauders. So they all fight. And then there's some more fighting. Uh, and this, this dude, uh, evil, I, I don't even want to say his name because it's just generic, uh, evil demon dude fights and no one can beat him and he's he's too powerful. Duckin goes on a rampage and till the, the demon guy's like, well, until next time. And he makes the ground uh, explode and he falls underground in, in a big hole. And then the Marauder's like, well, looks like we got our team now. And I'm like, I am not enthused for whatever is coming after this issue. This was not an exciting thing for me to read at all. Uh, postscript, uh, Emma's like, hey, I got this box from the future, and it's from you, and it's a map. Do, do, do. Um, I don't know, Jason, like the artwork was kind of poor. The writing was lackluster. Uh, I didn't feel like none of the, the newly added characters really engaged me i was not excited to really see them uh it just felt sort of a waste of an issue what did you think um i don't think i hated it as much as you but no i agree it's not really strong um i thought there were some okay character moments here and there um i do like the idea Almost, almost a criticism of kind of where the last Marauders book ended up going. That you know they had kind of this supposed to have this two pronged mission of you know being the kind of the black market or and legal market like extension of like the Hellfire Club and mm-hmm. Colin Medicine, but really they were also supposed to be like rescuing mutants, and that kind of disappeared after like five issues or so. And I mm-hmm. like the idea that, at least in word, if not in this story, <laughs> and that that Kate and Bishop have a real desire to like 
return to the kind of the roots of what this book was going to be. That sure. said, I don't think we see it here. So no. jury's still jury's kind of out, right, on whether it's just, hey, remember we're going to do this, or whether they actually do it or not. Um, I think will will be interesting. Um, you know, I like. <laughs> I thought it was funny when uh, Tempo uses their time powers to like skip a breakup. I thought that was kind of I like of funny. that moment. Yeah. Um, I do like you know when not the other people did it better, so I won't even bother with that. I'm gonna say I, I'm enjoying Bishop's new look, but this is not the best rendition of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's an idea that could be about you know kind of mutants not feeling like Krakow is really for them, and that they're kind of being sold a false bill of goods and wanting to kind of stand against that like could be something um brimstone love that's not a new 52 villain name i don't know what it is <laughs> um yeah i just i thought it was okay i know there were a couple there were some things i liked some things that i thought were kind of dumb and just kind of i'm just kind of in the middle somewhere just kind of meh mm-hmm. all right let's see what what Dan said. He said, cover is okay. Although this is a getting the team together story, it seems a little limp. There is potential, which I agree with, but this doesn't give me much confidence, which I kind of also agree with. Um, <laughs> Art-wise, feels very basic. It feels more like a fill-in artist than the next chapter jumping on point. And he gave it three out of six claws, but a limp one, he said, like the story. <laughs> sure. So I'm gonna guess if I if I can look at my crystal ball, you're gonna give it two. Yes, I am gonna give it a two. I, it, like it's not the worst story. It's not the worst artwork. It just felt like nothing really came together. Nothing was really solid, and uh, I think the villain um, design really weighed down on me. Like something that generic just made me feel like no one's putting effort in, and that really made me not like the book more. Yeah, I was in between a two and a three. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, goodness. Um, part of me was, I actually kind of enjoyed like, the opening sequence with Dawkins. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to go with Dan. I'm going to do a limp three out of six claws. Like, they're not even bone claws. They're like soggy Cheerio claws. <laughs> The, like fruit roll up claws, yeah, yeah, fruit rolls. <laughs> All right, so with that, we're gonna go to New Mutants number 24. This All right. is um, what is given or what is deserved, uh, written by Vita Ayala, art by Danio Beru. Maybe I hope I'm saying that right, colors by Dan Brown. Uh, letters by VCs Travis Lanham, designed by Tom Mueller, cover by Martin Simmons, and our oh, that was a variant by Peach Momoko. I wish, I kind of wish I would have saw that, but man, this Simmons cover is great. What do you think of this Shoots and Ladders New Mutants cover? Oh yeah, I love I love the cover. It, um, it's a, it is the fun Shoots and Ladders. Uh, it, it's sort of the similar style that we see with with these characters before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love just the 
the wild idea of it. Um, it's unfortunate that some of these characters feature aren't really, I guess maybe just Warlock isn't really featured in the story, but otherwise I thought this was a a really fun, like uh, ingenious cover. I liked it. Yeah. I like it quite a bit. I, I've enjoyed Simmons covers overall quite a bit. Um, yeah. So, so really this one is, it's a little light on plot. It's a lot of character moment. We see uh, magic Uh talking to Richter kind of about what they want to see happen in Krakoa. We see Danny and Rain reconnect. And it was a very touching scene from a writing perspective. Um, then we see um, kind of uh, what Cosmar's attempt to try to learn how to control her powers and kind of be who she wants to be. Um, so that's pretty cool. And, of course, how much the team supports her. Uh, we see a very touching, again, in the writing scene between uh, Warpath and Thunderbird after his resurrection. And actually, I really, really enjoyed the scene. Um, yeah, I too. About how he's like, hey, we're... I, mean, I thought you would be the one to greet me like in the Resurrection Garden. He's like, well, I wanted to, but I also had to get everything done and get ready for you to come home. And then, you know, his guilt about how he hasn't doesn't really feel like he's ever lived up to his brother or resolved like his brother's death. And that the hugging scene, even in spite of the art, is so powerful. Um, I'm trying not to give away too much what I'm about to say, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so then we get another scene with um, it's pretty great with uh, Magic kind of eyeball and uh, Madeline Pryor. And we get a great, I thought a really great scene with uh, Dawkins and Gabby and Laura. And yep, yep. Just kind of a very touching family scene. We see uh, No Girl get kind of semi resurrected into a new body, um, even though she shouldn't necessarily die, but. I really love the way Vita writes this. They really... Vita's choices to kind of tackle some of the subtext of what mm-hmm. would actually happen in Krakoa besides like the big comic book moments has been such a strong point of their arc on this Agreed. book. And really their writing in general. Even you know, it took a minute for... Uh, children of the Adam to find its footing. I feel like they did some of the same stuff in that book as well. Just kind of looking at some of these other more complicated issues that would arise if Krakoa actually like existed. Um, sure. And you know the idea that you know the mutants, the X Men looked out for all these people. They offered resurrection, but they didn't necessarily look for people that were just in a bad situation that needed an improvement or were not where they wanted to be. Why do they have to die to get help? Right. And so, right. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. And then we just kind of see just a smattering of of touching scenes. We come back to the Shadow King. Of course, remember, he, uh, Farouk, has been freed from the Shadow King's influence and will try. I don't know if we'll see his redemptive arc or not, but he's setting off on it. And the way the different mutants react to that on a very personal level, I thought was really touching. And then we end with Magic having a proposition for. Madeline Pryor. I so I think this book is written beautifully, strongly, emotionally, yep, yep. and the art just sucks me out. I just, <laughs> I just, I don't like it. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude about it. I just, it's not, not my taste at all. Dan said everyone's everyone looks like they got stung by bees. Um, 
which you know I, I can kind of see that for sure. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I love the book. I just wish someone else had drawn it. Where where did you kind of come out in this one? Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, the writing is great. I think you know, Vita, especially when she's starting out an arc, uh, when they are starting out an arc, um, they. Uh, there's a lot of, of groundwork she lays, and I think she's laying some like foundation for what's happening here. So it can be a little wordy at times, but I feel like that's just because she's got a lot of complicated subjects she's tackling, and, and we're going to build off from there. So I kind of forgive uh, them for that, but the, the rest of the writing is, is superb. Some wonderful moments, like you mentioned. Um, um, I think you know this idea... If if Hickman was around, I'm not sure he would be okay with him sort of sidestepping the the crucible, etc. Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. They might have a little more freedom here to to discuss what other options that might happen. So I kind of appreciate them exploring that other side to a lot of these these characters. But yeah, the artwork, it feels like, man, it's like someone got some colored pencils in the '90s and tried to, <laughs> to color this in, and. Uh, yeah, the faces are quite bulbous and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uneven. Um, yeah, the artwork really does, does pull you out of it, unfortunately. And I, I hopefully this isn't the artist that's going to be on the book I moving don't forward. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I, don't I think they're filling sure. in some, some issues until they get back to, I think they're, they're reorganizing the office, right? And right. then... The issues are going to really spring forward. So we've got this issue in the annual. And this this issue basically feels like an annual. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's unfortunate, uh, and it's really going to bring my grade down on the book. But uh, the story being told is still great. I agree. Now, before we get to Dan's thoughts, I want to hit on something that you kind of sparked an idea in my head. You know, in talking about how almost all the books have taken in various ways or another a departure from from Hickman's vision you know we talked about on some of the other books we talked about like particular X-Men right where that departure has been well the issues have been to various degrees mostly pretty good there's definitely a departure to kind of take some of the weight out of the book it's a very it's a much much Mm -hmm. lighter book I feel like Vita, they've they've departed from Hickman, but they've gone in a much heavier direction. Like it's 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 not necessarily a swing of the pendulum. It's maybe breaking some of the rules, or maybe doing some things like you said that that maybe wanted to fit in Hickman's original outline. But tonally, it's still very much right. subtle. It's it's emotional. I mean, there's not there's not a fight in this whole issue. <laughs> Not really. Right. This um, is different than someone being like, I don't like this idea. I, I kick as I can't. I can't do anything this complicated. Vita's like, oh, you, you, you started off the foundation of this building and it's brought up these other interesting questions that I want to explore. You know what I right. mean? It's not like yeah. in contrast with what Hickman was saying. It's like, well, there's this, but there's also this side of it, you know, and <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. Awesome. Um, so Dan had this to say. He's, first of all, he loved the cover with us. Um, he said, cathartic writing that wraps up the current character beats. The setup of magic is a decent tease for what's next. But unfortunately, the art makes everyone look like they have a swollen face, like they're all allergic to bee stings. It does detract, but not too much. 
color work is just standard and doesn't add much. Three out of six claws. Oh, okay. Now, where'd you where'd you end up on the book? That's altogether? so tough. It's so tough to grade this, man. It is. It's hard. Uh, because I really do like what's being <laughs> done with the characters, like so much. So yeah, that I mean, I guess well, I'll give it. it Go ahead. If it makes you feel better, I'm going to end up giving it four out of six because uh, I pretty much gave the writing the highest marks I could, and the mm-hmm. art would have been like in the two range, so I, I averaged that out to a four. <laughs> I get you. I think I'll, I'll go with a three just okay. because I can't, in good conscience, give this like a really good rating with that artwork, right. unfortunately. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I Hopefully we – well, actually – my my most optimistic hope is they just continue to grow as an artist and you know maybe we'll see some improved art but my other more pessimistic hope is that we just see someone else on the book (laughs) Mm -hmm. so all right well next up we're going to talk about secret x-men um which is so secretive that i don't know the plot i didn't even read it (laughs) yeah i didn't finish it so you know what I mean, I hate to just brush over it because Dan actually did send some thoughts. Um, I mean, basically, from what I could tell, looking through it, let's, let's go and do the credits real fast. Um, shh, it's the X Men, written by. T- <laughs> Maybe I'll call this shh, it's the podcast. Um, written by Teeny <laughs> Howard, uh, art by Francesco Mobili. Colors by Jesus Arbato, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, Tom Mueller, of course, with design. Lineal Francis, you and Sonny go do the cover, which is just a team shot. It's fine. Um, actually, pretty good, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. So, what I can tell is there's some Shi'ar stuff going on. Uh, Princess, was it Chandra? Oh, jeez, what's... It's Lelandra and Xavier's daughter, and... They're, what is their name? They were in the Mr. and Mrs. X book, which I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm blanking. I'm blanking, too. But anyway, it doesn't really trust the Imperial Guard, but she does trust Deathbird, and Deathbird steals her away. The Imperial Guard approaches the X-Men. Deathbird also approaches the X-Men, and... Sunspot gathers a team of everyone who lost the first election to go rescue the princess. But at the end, Deathbird is spirited away and the princess makes them forget that they went on the mission, or at least what happened on the mission. And so really the story doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay. Other than, I mean, Deathbird disappears and that may play into another story later. I don't know. Um, so Dan actually did fully read this, and he said, The book feels pointless due to the no one will remember end. It's so heavy-handed when Berto Howard tries so hard to be funny, but doesn't come close. The cast is too large, and most don't get enough time. However, Marrow comes off well. The art is muddy. Line and color work are muted. New costumes are nice, but it's so lackluster. Two out of six claws. Um, I was going to go with Dan. I didn't. I don't think I read it closely enough to really justify my grading it. I didn't enjoy it, and I didn't finish it. So, that's all I can really say. 
Okay. I'm going to be like a senator and I abstain from voting. So, sure. Because I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our, that's a book so secret it doesn't even exist. All right. <laughs> so, shortest review ever on this podcast. Um, all right, so we're going to move then to X-Men number eight, Georgie. X-Men number eight. We have uh, Jerry Duggan as writer. Artist is Javier Pina. Uh, color artist, or, or is it Pina? I don't know. Um, uh, Pina, color probably. Art, I don't know. Right, I don't see a, a, a thing over the end. So, anyway, uh, Color is by Marte Gracia. Letter VCs Clayton Cowles, design Tom Muller, with the cover by Pepe Larraz and Marte Gracia. And uh, on the cover, we have Modoc, a zoomed in Modoc, and he's pulling on or pulling, pulling off like a, a Miss Marvel mask. Uh, lots of shiny detail. It looks evil. I really like this cover. It's pretty good. We'll also point out this is the one that had the Russell Dodderman trading card cover with Wolverine. Oh, so that nice. was, oh, that yeah, was that, also awesome. That is an awesome cover, yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I actually bought the physical copy of that. I needed that in my collection, so I actually oh, bought I that. I feel that. Yeah. Sure. So a surprise, this issue is all about Modoc. Um, <laughs> he's, he's isolating some genes of some people on a cruise, and he's terrorizing them in order to do it for science and he literally says for science and <laughs> psychops is like did he just say for science it's it's a really funny about like modok is inherently a, a, a silly character so i'm glad they were able to have some fun in here yeah. as well mm-hmm. um so the x-men arrive ahead of schedule uh something's happening up in the sky so rogue is sent up to to take care of that with polaris uh, or is it just no, just rogue. Meanwhile, uh, Cyclops and Jean and uh, Polaris are helping people who are f- jumping off the ship and sink. And uh, Wolverine are sent onto the ship to try and find out what's happening. And it was nice to have uh, Sink and Wolverine uh, interact again, sort of revisiting what happened before. And Sink saying, "I really wanted time to talk to you." And and uh, we found out that it only took 241 years before they had their first kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I love that after he says that she's like broke me down that fast and there's an explosion behind her as she's like posing. It's a a really <laughs> spectacular moment. Um, I just I just really love them them, them their interactions here. I'm yes. glad that, that story is carried on. Uh, and we find out that the only reason Sync joined the X Men was to to be around Laura, uh, which which makes sense. Uh, so they confront Modok, and Modok is like, "Ooh, the food here is delicious!" In another comedic moment, he blasts Laura out of the ship in order to escape because Sink has to focus on saving her so she doesn't drown in the ocean because of the adamantium. Uh, Modok feels like he's escaped until Captain Krakoa uh, saves the day. Um, Sink uh, uses his telepathy to put Cyclops into Modok's head. Uh, they have a conversation, and Modok says, I know where you live, I can get you anytime. And Cyclops is like, well, now I know where you live, and we can get you anytime, so you better behave yourself and, and make restitution to all these people. Uh, someone in a in a random Navy uniform is like, great job, son. Uh, <laughs> very random. Uh, meanwhile, at the end, we see uh, Sink confessing to Cyclops that he was the one that removed Ben Yurik's memory and that he also stole his uh, notebook. And he's really disappointed because 
the way Ben York was going to write about it wasn't going to be slander, but more of like what a, what a, a wonder uh, it is that the X-Men have been able to like conquer death. Um, and he says, you know, he's not sure he can still be an X-Man and Cyclops is like, well, I've screwed up in the past. Uh, and I'm sure you had your reasons and I'm not letting you leave the team. Uh, and it was a good moment. I felt like this was a fun action-y book that had some good moments with, with uh, like anything we have sync, I'm already like fully invested, but then sync with Laura, I'm like super invested. Uh, so maybe the book doesn't deserve as high grades as I'm going to give it, but I felt like uh, this one was really dear to my heart. What did you think? I had a lot of fun with it. Um, Kenya is really a pretty, I mean, or a, a quote-unquote backup artist to LaRoz, who was, I mean, let's oh. be honest, LaRoz is one of the top guys going right now. But Kenya mm-hmm. steps into some big shoes and is a very fine artist himself. Like, I, I enjoyed Oh, yes, Most of the art is quite a bit. And of yeah. course, Gracia's colors. I um, really want to point out like the scene when they go in Modoc's like astral presence oh, yeah. or whatever. Like that just that's a beautiful two pages. I love the fact that he's barbecuing the X-Men heads yes. on his grill. <laughs> <laughs> but like the use of like the pinks and the blues. Yep. Like, the grayish blues, like just looks amazing. Um I love kind of this subplot of Laura's appetite. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and that has run through all the way back to like pre Hellfire Galaxy. You know, there's that whole scene with her. And actually, homage, I call back to it in this issue with her and the shrimp. And then in here, she's like, yeah, this buffet's undefeated. Um, right. And then, you know, Sink's kind of. I really love the conversation between. So, like, you, you talked a lot about the conversation between Sink and Laura, which is awesome and really has a lot of character development. Um, then also Sink's conversation with Cyclops, where Cyclops is like, okay, maybe not exactly the right thing to do, but he did it for good reasons, and who am I to mm-hmm. critique anyone's ethical choices, and you know what? You're still an X-Man. And I don't know, that kind of almost paternal Cyclops, which is when he's really good. Like, that's when mm-hmm. I really like his character. He's kind of like, right. um, we kind of all screw up, but let's just you know help each other out. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's, it's, yeah, kind of the unsure sometimes, but but confident in where he's going. Even if he's not confident in every step. Like that's so resonant to me. Just like because that's how most people are. Like most of us have something we're kind of trying to do, but we stumble a lot along the way. And you know, it's hard to kind of keep the end goal in line and, and feeling like you're really going to get there if you focus on every negative step you take. And so, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like that was really resonant. I, I don't know, Georgie, I'm with you. Like I can probably point to some things that are maybe silly or whatever, but I also kind of feel like this may be the best issue of this young volume so far. Right. I, don't know. I mean, and I'm, I'm very biased. I'm sure Nate, uh, Dan is as well, which is very biased with with Sync being in there. And then we all love Laura, uh, so like in the two of them together, I think we've all been rooting for that. So it's just like uh, it it feels unfair to grade almost. You know, it's almost like your son <laughs> in, in, in a competition, and you're and you're you're one of the judges, and you're like, how am I supposed to score this? You know, right, right. Uh, uh, so so Dan said, great creepy cover. This book was so much fun. Fun. Monarch is perfectly silly. Laura was brilliant. 
the character moments really work. I hope Sync doesn't really leave uh, crying face emoji. Um, this is even better artistically than before. Laura eating buffet food while being levitated was such a fun image. And he gave it uh, a very strong five out of six claws. I, I might actually go ahead and go six on this one, I think. Yeah, call me biased. I've said it. I'm going six as well. Like this was awesome. spectacular. This is great. Yeah, one of my one. I don't know. I need to flip through the previous issues, but I, mean, I really do think this may be my favorite of the eight so far. Um, definitely the best thing we read, quote unquote, today for this episode. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the best thing we read. Yes. <laughs> Easily. Easily. Man, I hope I hope Rod Reyes comes back to New Mutants. I really that team up was so fun. Yeah, you know I I think his his art I think much like um shoot who was doing Marauders for a while um uh, Lolly no 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 uh at the end where they were like in space the they fought Han, Han oh Phil Noto yeah like Phil Noto I think it, it takes those guys a, it's, it's a lot for them to to do a full issue so. I don't know if they can do that many in a row, and I hopefully this right. is just a break for Reyes, oh. and then he's well, Reyes gonna... is back for twenty five with the start of the new Inferno story. Awesome, or the yeah. New, like, not new Inferno story. So one thing I did want to ask, and I I'm I'm putting myself out on a limb here because if I've overlooked a story or forgot a story, it would be really really bad. But when did Laura get full adamantium? Um, I don't. It's always just been her claws. But they right. Have, but here they're like full skeleton. She's like, yeah. And then she sinks in the ocean. I Maybe, don't um, know if that's right. <laughs> no, I, I, I caught that during the, the ring as well. I'm like, well, maybe I just missed missed when that happened. Um, well, listeners, if there's a story like from, it would have had to have been in either the Tom Taylor run or the Mariko Tamaki run that I just forgot. Which would be a shame because those are both really, really awesome. But listeners, if you know what's going on here, write in and let us know, and we'll talk about it next time. I mean, it's easy to explain. They resurrected her once, and they she wanted to have the full thing when she was resurrected. Like, Who knows? Like, yeah, possibly. That seems like an odd choice. But <laughs> uh, I'm just saying it's easy to recon. I mean, yeah, if, you're, if we're right, doing a no right. prize, that's what right. I would say. But <laughs> and canon. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, Georgie, thanks so much for coming on. Why don't you talk of a little course. bit about um, Excalibros and, and Funny Business? Is that, is that the name of your comedy, Funny Business? <laughs> That's, I want to name my that, first that, special that now, yeah. That one's for free. <laughs> it's called Funny Business, and it's just me uh, back-to-back with Bill Cosby, and that's going to be the cover. <laughs> yeah. Gross. <laughs> yeah, no, super right. gross. Uh, by the way, there's a documentary. I think it's on Showtime. Uh, of it's like a four four part documentary about Bill Cosby. Oh. Very eye opening. Uh, you learn a whole lot more than you thought you knew about Bill Cosby. Oh, and even a lot of the good stuff he did was sort of to cover up some of the bad stuff he was doing, like uh, some of the donations he made f- to to colleges were because he had done things to women at those colleges. So he's oh, sort boy. of paying them off. It's, oh gosh! Yeah, uh, I'm not trying to drag you down, but like it's a very informative uh, uh, a documentary if you feel like getting into something heavy. Um, anyway, <laughs> so that that was our people are shit segment brought to you. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, 
Uh, but uh, Dan and I, we were planning to record an episode this week. Uh, unfortunately, Dan's been sort of under the weather, so hopefully next week we'll have a, a new episode out of Excalibros. If you search for us on Google, you'll find us. Any podcaster, you'll find us. Um, and we're, we're looking forward to to uh, getting back to that. Uh, I guess we will technically miss having an episode of February, but it should be early, early March when that comes out. Yeah. Um, then I have a show tonight in L.A., but it's sold out, so don't worry about it. I'm so successful. Uh, just, just, uh, you know, you can do just Venmo me a lot of money, and then we'll call it even. Um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for for having me on. It's it's a shame that Dan and Ian couldn't make it, but uh, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, we'll definitely we'll catch up with Dan and Ian again next time. Um, yeah, Ian, where are my notes, Ian? Come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I definitely definitely understand that stuff can, can get in the way, and this is just for fun. So we'll gladly have fun with them again at a later date. Um, but, yeah, for the podcast that goes Snit, of course, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnitCast. Um, show notes and stuff for SnitCast.Podbean.com. You can also find it Scalabros on Podbean. Um, and... Yeah, a little bit lighter episode, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. A um, couple of pretty good books, and then some stuff that was kind of, eh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. such is the way of being an X Men fan sometimes. The highs and lows yeah. of reading X books. Um, just how it goes. But hopefully you enjoyed the episode, and listeners, we will be back soon with um, our continued weekly coverage of the Ten Lives and Deaths of Wolverine. Um, awesome. Are you are you reading that at all, Georgie? I think the last time I checked, you had not started it really. Uh, yet. I still haven't started yet. Like I have, yeah. I just haven't started reading them yet. Yeah. Cool. Well, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm giving you guys excuse absences from the coverage, but I would like to get your overall thoughts when it's all sure. said and done. So definitely. Awesome. Cool. Well, people, please stay well, stay safe. Um, Gosh, I know there's a lot of kind of just shitty stuff going on right now. But, um, you know, please keep your heads up. Hopefully this gave you, you know, 45 minutes to an hour of just kind of letting go of some of that stuff. And um, just hope everyone's staying well out there. So until next time, hugs and snacks, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya. And snacked. <laughs>